Andos, test the mic. What's up? Darcy out here on the track, ready to attain the bag. Can you speak more into the mic, please? Adjusted. Darcy's still out here, speaking more into the mic. Dukes. I'd be chilling. Be chilling like a super villain in my Uber chilling. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's, Andy's been rocked by two bars. Andy, you say chill as. Who's going to bring us in? Andos. <clears throat> Have you got a jumping conclusion, Andos? Yeah. Sweet. Just and also remember to give a bit of a rap about the show, yeah? About what we try and do. Yeah? Not Three. Hard, I'm definitely going to fuck that up. Yeah, we know. Three, <laughs> two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Wrap. It's going to be hot, it's going to be steamy, both in the room and in the conversation. Um, for those who don't know, what we like to do here on The Wrap is we like to give our views on some uh, certain issues. We like to think we have a fair and balanced view on uh, certain issues. Facts and logic, that's what we like. A little bit of emotion as well, but you know, we're going with it. Alex, how are you today, mate? I'm going great guns, mate. Um, coming off Paris first win, first round in a very long time last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paris playing great guns, uh, got a game today, so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Um, good mood in general, I think. Um, lot to cover today, but I'm excited. Yeah, uh, that's very nice. Dougal, how are you, mate? I'm pretty sick and a little bit ill. Uh, I've, I've made that joke before on the podcast So um, I'm going to do my best But We know, may not be getting trooper. the best Dougal We might be getting about uh, 85% Look, We might be getting like a 13-14 Dougal NBA classic teams Okay Ah, Not okay. a great start there But <laughs> moving, uh, moving swiftly on Jumping to conclusions uh, for those who don't know what that is, we make a bit of an outlandish statement um, that we try to justify at the end of the show. We pick the one that we think is the most interesting. So, um, Alex, you've said you've got quite a controversial one, one that might, might take us off the air. Yep. Um, I, I, yep. All right. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to do it. Uh, girls don't have friends that are girls. Sounds a bit silly. No, I think, I think there's definite logic in that. Um, and definitely, definitely, yeah, girls don't have friends who are girls. Definitely not best friends. Mm. So a wise, did, a wise man, a wise man once told me one of the most evil things in the world is a conglomeration of teenage girls. I've heard that. Did he say conglomeration? No, I'm paraphrasing from. Um, the paraphrasing of the word conglomeration. <laughs> Good to hear, Andos. Thesaurus.com. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Dukes, what's yours? I bet this is going to be hot trash. My, I think it's quite a good conclusion, um, but it is a bit touch and go. I don't know how, I don't know how to be received, um, which is that um, taking a leak outside the bathroom is always way more satisfying than taking a leak inside the bathroom. I did, um, I saw a Facebook, a meme on Facebook um, this week where it was uh, like one of those yes or no things and it was taking a piss in your backyard when you have a fully functioning toilet. I got a love heart react from me. Beautiful meme. So I think there's some serious potential in that. Well, that's a nice little endorsement for Andos. Mm. He doesn't give those out willy-nilly. I don't. All right, what's yours, big man? Well, um, mine 
Last week I had a fashion-related one uh, about I've other had boots. a fashion-related one several times, I think. Since I'm a, quite the fashionista myself, I think that... Um, Tell that by your footy shorts. <laughs> look, mate, it's practicality. Um, well, Zach Efron will off you got going on as well. Thank you. I'm actually shaving my head next week, so if you uh, want to see shaved head Dossie, give us a... Like and subscribe. Know, like <laughs> and subscribe. But mine is that... Um, you you're a bat. You are a bat low if you wear flat cap. If you wear flat caps. What about this one? That's exactly where I got my inspiration <laughs> from. <laughs> what, about, what if I put it backwards? I was. That's disgusting. <laughs> I was not sure whether I was going to take attack flat caps themselves or the people that wear flat caps, but um, I've gone for the people. You're a bat low if you wear flat caps. I agree. I can go. There was a period where flat cap flat caps are cool. Yeah. Um, and like the NBA ones particularly. You yeah. Know, like New York um, ones and Celtics ones. Yeah. They're one cool. of my, my coaches, Julian Kazoo, wears flat caps all the time. Well, that, he, that's uh, all you need to know. Good man. But seven footer with a handle. <laughs> all right, Andos. What is on the agenda for today? Well, we had to pick what what conclusion we're we're picking. How about um, Andy's conclusion this afternoon that Kamaru Usman was behind John Jones, <laughs> the best pound for pound fighter in the UFC? I admitted I was wrong. I admitted I was wrong. It was a spare of the moment uh, out there comment, and I was wrong. I would also like to uh, nominate Andy's other conclusion of the afternoon, which was that um, you can't be the best player on your team if you're a centre and you, if you can't handle the ball. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. The only, the only exception to that is Vucevic, because he's on like the fourth worst team in the NBA and they've got hot trash other than him Andy likes Andy likes uh, exceptions to the rule he loves rules that have exceptions are we, are we done done on this? <laughs> so <laughs> which one are we going with? I think um, probably not Andy's I think that what was yours again Dougal? I've forgotten oh, I've also forgotten okay, well, I, I did give it an endorsement but I you did give it an endorsement was. and I think because it's one endorsement to zero we can probably explore that later on. I did no, I really did like Alex's. Oh, I, actually, okay. I genuinely want to be reminded of yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is that taking a leak outside the bathroom is way more satisfying. See, that's a non-starter. Like, that's especially a, a, especially yeah. as well because yeah. it, it marginalises most of the female audience on CHP that I think it's Does definitely it? more... It marginalises the female audience more than saying females don't have real friends. No, <laughs> as in, as in, they can't be. They're not really as part of the conversation. <laughs> they're out. not really as part of the conversation. Okay, all right. I, I, I want to do his. Well. I think his is a bit silly, but we can um, explore it anyway. Yeah, sure. Um, some exploration things. Right, okay. So what, what, else we what have we got on today? On the agenda today, we've got um, our domestic story on the New South Wales election. Um, it appears that Gladys has oh, secured. Oh, you're doing the story, eh? No, I'm giving a little. <laughs> I'm giving a, a slight synthesis, mate. Dude, it is warm in here. You're gonna have to stop being. Yeah, it does. Back. You do have a tendency. You, over the past couple of weeks, you have been quite snippy. I think you just need to calm <laughs> it down, down a little bit. bit. Okay. Um, does Gladys has won? Um, so that's what we'll be covering, as well as uh, the Mueller investigation. My uh, favourite story of the last two years. Yeah, Doctor Zan. Besides the Justice Smollett. Smollett. Uh, <laughs> Doug Zan will be giving a little bit of uh, OOR on the Mueller investigation. Um, and as well, we've got some beta males. Uh, a splattering of beta males. Splattering. Well. I've got two nominations. One from uh, one of, is a professor at my university. Wow. So if you're 
If you want to hear about Dougal's rant about his professor at university, stick around. Like, don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to like, share. Every interaction really, really helps us. Um, so I think we cut the BS, get down to business. Doogie C, I think you're up on the New South Wales election. Okay, boys and girls, as of about uh, an hour ago when I was doing the research, the coalition have, uh, looks like they will form a government um, and will probably form a majority government. They currently had, uh, well, currently, as of an hour ago, had 46 seats, um, 34 for Liberals, 12 for the Nats, um, and they need 47 to form a majority, but there were several independents who were willing to work with the uh, Liberal government anyway, so it looks like they will form a government regardless. Um, <clears throat> it looks like uh, Labor has lost and Michael Daly, however, is seeking to remain leader of the uh, opposition Labor Party in New South Wales. Um, the Liberals only lost the seat of Coogee, however, the Nats, the Nationals have lost the seat of Lismore to Labor, then lost Barwon and Murray to the Shooters, Vision and Farmers. Uh, while they're also under pressure in Dubbo. Uh, other notable uh, occurrences was Mark Latham won a seat in the Senate. Um, and I think that kind of gives you all you need to know. I think um, some people think it's important to say that Gladys is the first woman elected Premier by New South Wales people. Maybe, I don't know if that's an important point. Um, I just feel like she was probably the better person for the job, so she got elected. I don't really care if she's a woman. I just say, good job, Gladys. Um, and uh, what do you think? Alex? Um, it is what it is. Um, the, it, it's very apparent that the kind of emotional swell, the undercurrent particularly... Um, propagated by the younger generation obviously just didn't stick with the older generation um, I think you obviously have some kind of um, they're like they're, they're parallel tracks but they're one is a kind of Labour Greens and the other one's Liberal obviously it just appears that the Liberal demographic the older demographic was just um, more, more prevalent because it was a pretty serious campaign that the Greens Labour even like keeps it in the open run as well they picked up um, a little bit uh, a reasonable percentage for a party of their size as well. Um, it obviously looks as if um, the state elections no one really pays that close attention to, if we're honest. Um, and it's often it's often kind of a symptom of what is happening at a federal level. But mm. I don't have any. I, I don't have any. I'm not exuberant about Gladys's win. I'm not uh, mm. depressed or shocked or whatever mm. it is. What it is. Um, We'll just have to see how it goes. I don't like the whole, um, oh, the first female premier, like the big exaltation because she's a woman. We should be trying to normalise female achievement um, and, and instead of just like uh, pedestaling every single woman that does something great as if it's kind of some kind of exception to the rule where there's some kind of outlier. We should be saying um, female's great. They can do the job. Um, they did the job. It's not they did the job because they're a woman type of thing. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, don't mind a bit of keeps in the open, actually. Andos, what do you think? I think um, Daly made it pretty tough on himself. I think he had a um, he would have had a, a good chance of winning, and he, a couple of fatal errors, including uh, the Chinese the comment. Chinese, Chinese comment. Issue. But our good friend Jeff Lee uh, 
jumped on as the minister of multiculturalism or something like that. And he's our uh, the, our representative in Parramatta. He had a uh, bit to say about that. So I think that Daly made it very tough on himself. Um, I think I don't think really much of what happened. Really, it just ha- it just happened. Really, <laughs> it did. Yeah, it's hard hitting analysis. It's not, not going to. It's not going to have. I but think, if, we're, if we're going to say more, well, I think Gladys managed the economy well, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Good infrastructure, I think. Maybe we'll, we'll see. We'll see. These things often get um, substantially more expensive as it goes on. Yeah. Um, but I think the lesson would be if we were going to say, well, what is the lesson out of this election, particularly for an opposition? Um, and more particularly for the left, for the left coming out of this. Um, the problem when you play identity politics is if you forget where you're up to, and if you forget what you've said previously, uh, you're gonna struggle and you get caught out quite easily. Because when you try and um, separate people into classes and races and make particular comments about and uh, races in general in the sense that you ignore individuality, this is the kind of stuff that you get caught up in. And it's very difficult to come back from, um, particularly when one of your platforms is social justice, equitable treatment under the law, um, anti-discrimination, fairness, you know, we're going to stop racism, all that stuff. It's very difficult to do that when you run a platform of identity politics. Um, that's what I would say the lesson would be, probably. Okay, good. Well, we're going to try and keep this podcast relatively short because this room is cooking. And we tend to do go quite a lot of time, so I'm saying we should probably move to the mule investigation. Yeah, just right into it, I reckon. Get your hands dirty. Sure. So... Um, we've already covered kind of the Mueller investigation to a degree in the sense that we already discussed the findings of the Senate Intelligence Committee, where the Senate Intelligence Committee um, passed down uh, the judgment that said that they could not find any direct evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. Um, we also mentioned the fact that the Mueller investigation, which has been running since 2016, um, Yes, uh, has been running since 2016. Has handed out a bunch of indictments, but they weren't related directly to collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Now, Friday, 5 o'clock, American time, Mueller gives his report to uh, Attorney General William Barr. Um, A reporter from the New York Times says uh, that it looks like there is going to be no further indictments related to collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians arising from the report. So this is what you call a nothing burger with cheese. This is uh, one of the biggest witch hunts that we have ever seen in political history. Um, there was mm. no findings. And it's one of the ones where I think everyone kind of knew at the start that it was a witch hunt, but it was more of like the allegation itself will do damage. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's been quite remarkable as well because you, or I would say the vast majority of... Uh, people would crumble under the immense scrutiny that both uh, Donald and his whole family was placed under, particularly Donald Jr. uh, and Jared. Um, The smearing, the unjustified allegations, the continued innuendo, the... Oh, and the continued um, front page breaking stories, which were then retracted on page six about a week later. Yeah, yeah. It's... um, If you ever wanted to see the way in which the deep state tries to isolate, alienate, and annihilate an individual, this is kind of the way that they do it. They slam them with false accusations to the extent where it just feels like it doesn't even matter if they're true or not. Your reputation has been damaged to the extent that it's just not worth going on anymore. 
Um, but to the Donster's credit, he is the Hulk. He is uh, like that ship in the movie where every the deeper they go, the pressure just solidifies him further. He, get, he, he his hull gets stronger and stronger and stronger underneath the pressure. And in fairness, um, it seems as if this is almost going to turn out to be a victory for Trump in the sense that he's been able to identify and have people on the record um, who were supposed to be unbiased, were supposed to be uh, non-partisan, but have been on the record as slamming Trump and uh, portraying him as some kind of Russia's puppet. Um, and they've all been outed now. We, all, we know who all those guys are now. So they've destroyed their credibility. Um, I think Trump's going to come out. Uh, Trump played golf on Saturday with Kid Rock. That's how relaxed he was about the findings of the Mueller investigation. <laughs> he went to Mar-a-Lago and played golf. So, And you should remember as well that it's if you're dumping news at 5 o'clock on Friday, that's garbage time. That's garbage time minutes. Um, that's Nick Collison time at the OKC Thunder. That's when you send the Don't scrubs disrespect in. disrespect the goat like that. Um, so it's an absolute nothing burger. I think it's a major victory for Trump. Um, it's for all the people who are sceptical about the extent to which he was a Russian puppet and the Russian influence in the election. This is a major victory. And um, the haters have been exposed and um, I want to see them brought to justice. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, too? Oh, well, I mean, I've, I've been pretty consistent. I was open. I mean, I just I doubted they'd find something. If they did find something, I'd have a look at it. But every time they said they found something, it just was total nothing burger. Um, and it was like uh, some guy just wanting to get some airtime on, on the New York Times or on the Washington Post or something. Um, and it turned out to be false. Like, there was multiple breaking news things, like, this is the thing that's going to bury Trump. And they the just... The walls are closing in. Um, you know, it's, it was just just terrible. Um, I don't think anybody's surprised, and I think it kind of vindicates Trump. It uh, it, it definitely helps him and contributes uh, authenticity to his fake news media narrative. Yeah. Um. So this is, I think, could be a big win for Trump because I think it's, I think you know, the conclusion that the real hard people who really hate Trump are coming to is that. Putin got to Mueller, or the Russians got to Mueller, and it's like they're gonna have to, you know, it's it's stretching. It's they're gonna stretching. have to do some serious logical acrobatics. Yeah, they're gonna have to do some uh, serious, serious acrobatics. Some serious tortured logic. So I'll just go through a couple of reactions to it. Um, so prior, we had uh, on Thursday we had Democratic presidential uh, candidate Beto O'Rourke, whose real name is Roberts. He's actually Irish. Um, he also was involved in a hit and run and driving under the influence in between 1990 to 1993. Uh, Democrats have hidden that because he's the new star, the new star child of the Democratic Party. He said on Thursday, there is a beyond a shadow of a doubt that Trump colluded with the Russians. So obviously on Friday, he had to have a little bit of humble pie. Beta, beta O'Rourke. Bill Maher, right? This is Hollywood, okay? Did the Democrats put, quote, did the Democrats put much, too much trust in the Mueller report? Because I don't need the Mueller report to know he's a traitor. I have a TV. Well, Bill Maher, that almost deserves a nomination for that ridiculous he statement. He can get a nomination. Just, that's a total beta statement. He also said um, that he hopes the economy goes into a recession um, so that it looks like the Trump's mismanaging the economy. That's what mm. he said as well. Mm. And obviously, you know, that's all well and good when you're worth $100 million, like Bill Maher is, but if you're mm. living check to check... Um, recessions kill people, so thanks, Bull Mark. 
Quote, uh, Chelsea Handler, another Chelsea Hat Handler. Lately, what's she been up to lately? She's a complete... Adding any any word there, she's, she's just scum. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea Handler said, quote, If I'm being, politic- uh, being completely honest, I'm very sexually attracted to Robert Mueller. I know it's not meant to be, but that doesn't mean I won't hang a poster of him above my bed. So this is, you can just see where these people, like what kind of bubble these people are living in um, inside Los Angeles. It's just bizarre. Um, now, Rachel Maddow. There is a video going around of Rachel Maddow Rach. uh, crying when she was delivering the findings or very, getting very, very teary uh, when she was suggesting, you know, when she found out that there was... She definitely a, did cry when Trump got elected, right? Yeah, she did. She did. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you're supposed to be a... Uh, a, a non-partisan anchor. news anchor when you cry when someone gets elected. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty difficult. Uh, quote, In terms of what the Mueller investigation's conclusion means and what it found, we, we know only the smallest little bits. This is the start of something, apparently, not the end of something. Well, I'll tell you, Rachel Maddow, I will save you the waiting. Um, I will take the years off uh, this uh, suspension of findings. Uh, you won't find anything. hasn't found anything. Uh, the Trumpster is clean. You are part of the deep state just as much as anyone else. Um, you are a puppet for the DNC uh, and social justice warriors everywhere. I want to nominate you for a beta male uh, nomination um, because of your continued, continued fabrication uh, of the events surrounding the election uh, and also your continued smearing of Trump and his family. Uh, Rachel Maddow... You can go suck eggs, as far as I'm concerned. Donald's too slick. Too quick, stick and move. He's a big 70-year-old man. He's got some serious mass to him, and he still runs circles around these, these scrubs. The thing, is, the thing is now, Trump will do something, and I'll question it, and I'll think, but if I'm honest, who's more likely to know the game plan, me or Trump? I am just at the opinion now where I just assume Trump is five steps ahead. <laughs> That's it's just like when um, Bill Shorten was asked, uh, "What do you think of Julia Gillard's uh, statements on this and this?" And he goes, "Look, I haven't heard them, but I'm sure I fully support them." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's absolute. Bill, like there's a Bill Shorten Cameron. <laughs> there's a video of um, Bill Shorten going around after the. Did you see after the Christchurch things, where he he um, did his spiel? It was like this is. Disgrace, we need to unify, whatever. And at the end of the video, he goes, Was that all right? Did I do, did I do okay? Yeah. The camera? Yeah, he's. He, okay, well, that's a good segue. Are you finished with Russia? I'm happy with Russia. Uh, I'm happy to bury this story as well, but it's just this, you know. Mm-hmm. One, that's one for the good guys, I would say. One for the good guys. Um, you know, one step away from the brink of destruction for this beautiful world we live on. Um, now into what the hell was that? <laughs> what, what was that? The absolute f was that? Well, it said Jordan Peterson uh, said every every lie you tell or every pathological act you do brings the world one step closer to destruction, and every good thing you do brings the world one step further away from the brink. Well, he makes a good point, and it's almost like a confronting point. He says, "Well, the logical thing would be you have to decide whether nothing you do matters." or everything you do matters. And it matters so much that it's almost like the fate of the universe depends on every single action you take. 
Yeah, so Andy, how about Andy and Alex? Just to quickly apologise for that one, and we'll be right on to uh, beta male or you, you, you apologise it out of nowhere. Okay, and, and also um, when you apologise for locking me out of the house last night, then you can oh, you deserve you it. Get an apology. <laughs> <laughs> okay, beta males of the week. Now this is an interesting one, and um, I don't know if this will be well received. I don't even know if this will get any attention, or no one will listen, or maybe some people will listen, and maybe the beta male who gets nominated will listen too. Um, this man, his name is Nick Reimer, Nick Reimer, uh, my, my apologies if that's not actually how to say your name, R-E-M-R-E-I-M-E-R. Reimer. He's a senior lecturer in English and linguistics at the University of Sydney, um, loves a bit of uh, linguistics, the literary, uh, literary critics from, um, who's that guy? Um, anyway. no, no, Chomsky. No, 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 not Chomsky, different guy. Anyway, I'll, I'll think of his name later. Um, Anyway, he wrote in the, both of these uh, articles are uh, articles in the wake of Christchurch, and while we are very happy to condemn uh, what Fraser Anning said, I think um, some of the uh, articles coming from the left are equally deserving of condemnation. Um, okay. Um, this one is was in the wake of Christchurch. Um, he said, uh, he, his, his argument is that we have to leave the Ramsey Centre because it's uh, white, you know, promotes white supremacy. Um, and the quote from the article is many, there's several. He said, many academics have accused Ramsey of being the intellectual face of a Western supremacist politics and therefore fundamentally incompatible with universities' obligation to support multiculturalism. Should I just explain what um, the Ramsey Centre is quickly? Yeah, so the Ramsey Centre is, I think it was established in 2017. It um, provides scholarships and a few different things and also tried to set up like a bachelor's degree at several different universities, like a bachelor's degree in uh, Western civilization. And so that's been condemned by uh, several, you know, academics of, um, you know, one persuasion. Um, and this is like a tactic of, um, of some uh, reporters and some news outlets. Uh, Jordan Peterson gets the same treatment where they say academics have accused Jordan Peterson of being a white supremacist or uh, the alleged white supremacist Jordan Peterson. Like, the dude's the furthest thing away from a white supremacist, and the Ramsey Institute, as far as I can tell, is as well. They're not saying we need to, you know, have, like, a, a replacement theory or we need to, like, um, you know, keep Australia's demographic, uh, you know, white. Um, but Milo gets the same treatment. Milo gets the same treatment. He gets, he gets labelled alt-right all the time, and Milo says... I mean, just because he's, not, he's gay and Milo he's a black husband. Milo goes, the alt-right hate me. Yeah, they don't, hate me. Don't write too hate him. Um, the second thing he said was, if Australian universities really want to combat Islamophobia after Christchurch, only one course is possible: abandon Ramsey immediately. Um, and I mean, do you remember that guy who, um, like, shot uh, Scalia at the baseball practice yeah, like a couple yeah, of years ago? Yeah, so Red, it was uh, like, American, uh, I think he's senator, yeah, senator. Anthony Scalia. Yeah, Scalia, just an average Republican senator, um, got shot at like a whole Republican team baseball team that there was practicing for a, a senate baseball game i think yeah, so, um, yeah. got sh- got copped a drive-by from a full bernie supporter and then at the end of the day it wasn't no one was you know no one on the right was like this is bernie sanders fault um they're like this dude's obviously got some problems and we yeah. can have a disagreement on politics it doesn't mean that the you know the people themselves are responsible for the actions of 
people who who support them um and it's you know it's just ridiculous um in the same way you could totally use the same logic to say we have to get um <clears throat> any acceptance of islam out of sydney university because of terrorism right that would be the same logic uh as that they would say we have to um because of the actions of some terrorists then we have to totally eliminate uh anything sympathetic to islam it's like so, that's the same logic yeah so we should, I think we should just clarify as well what the, what the role of the Ramsey Centre is. Mm. Uh, the, the Ramsey Centre was established, in, as you said, in 2017 um, through an extraordinary endowment by the late Mr Paul Ramsey. Now, so the, so the, the purpose of the Ramsey um, Centre is to advance education by promoting studies and discussion associated with the establishment and development of Western civilization, including through establishing scholarship funds and educational courses in partnership with the universities. Now... What has happened, obviously, is for whatever reason, um, there has been uh, uh, people have equated Western civilization with white people, and mm. um, and that's just not the case. And the funniest thing is, is like probably the book that's at the most centre of uh, Western civilization, uh, the Bible, was written by a bunch of Arabs in the Middle East. It wasn't written by white people. It was written by brown people. Well, and even if you go back to the Greeks. Mm. Uh, the Greeks aren't white. Last mm. time I checked, uh, you go through Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Um, yeah, they're not white. Mm. Those guys are Greeks, uh, Mediterranean. So the, the, what Western civilization is as much a culmination of ideas mm. uh, as it is a geographical area um, defined by particular people. Mm. There are um, Chinese people in Australia who are more sympathetic to Western civilization than... Uh, white people mm. and I mean the other thing is it's like you try to throw out the term white supremacy as if like you know pe people are just uh, are being Nazis over here you know you know who who Hitler wasn't a white supremacist he was an Aryan supremacist right he hated the Slavs he hated the Russians um, and we we love Russian books as well you know we love Dostoevsky we also personally quite like Ayn Rand who guess what is a woman immigrant uh, philosopher um, and so then to throw white supremacy in, like, it's just, it's the, the whole concept of it is, is wrong on every level. Um, I so, just might quickly say, Thomas Sowell has a good point on why intellectuals, um, intellectuals, particularly university professors, have this thing where they're, they're an expert in a very, very small field, but yeah. they often find themselves... Um, feeling like because they are an expert and they are an academic that they have the obligation to comment on social and mm. cultural issues, right? Because they are of the uh, higher IQ class, higher IQ order. Mm. But he says um, they have an expertise in a very, very small field. One step outside of that field and they are up the creek without a paddle. Except mm. they just don't recognise it because they feel like they have an obligation to. Mm. So Bobby Fischer, who is a chess champion, mm. um, even though he has an extraordinarily high IQ and is an unbelievable chess player, if he was trying to advocate for, for a cause related to the Vietnam War, for example, or mm. the world wars, he, he may not have any idea. Just because mm. you have a, an extraordinary amount of knowledge in one particular area does not then mean that you become an expert or are, are able to accurately and adequately diagnose an issue elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um. Okay, good. Now, the second article I wanted to um, 
consider was a Slate news article written by Rachel Withers, who's a New York-based writer and producer, but is uh, an Australian citizen. Um, her article's uh, title is Christchurch... Um, oh, I'll get the title in a sec. The, the URL didn't quite have the title in it, but... One of the quotes from the article is that it is not unreasonable to place some measure of blame on those who have stoked the international spread of white supremacist ideology. Um, the second quote is that we must condemn hate speech, not just when uh, someone like Anning goes too far, we must deny visas to alt-right figures who come to our shores expecting a friendly welcome, not just in the wake of right-wing terrorist attacks, but always. We must fight the normalisation of Islamophobia and above all, this is the, the killer, above all, we must accept responsibility for the hatred we have normalised. Okay, and the title of this article was um, The Christchurch Shootings Should Implicate All White Australians. Shame and apologies not enough in confronting our country's virulent racism. Um, and it's like, this is exactly, uh, these are exactly the same news outlets um, which will tell you uh, the, the total opposite when it comes to Islamic terror attacks. Um, the only difference is that I would consider is that, um, you know, you don't get to choose if you're white. You don't get to choose if you're white. You do really get to choose your religion. Um, so in terms of culpability, um, I don't think the whiteness is there. And I look, I don't think, like, normal Muslims are responsible for Muslim terror attacks as well. Um, but I think that, like, um, you are uh, you are stretching it when you're saying because you have a skin colour with someone who did a bad thing, um, that means you are you know that means you are you are partially responsible. Um, and I just think like if that was to if that article was to come out on the right to say that all Muslims were responsible for uh, terror attacks or like every Muslim in uh, Turkey is responsible for ISIS, or it would be it would be like front page news. It would yeah, be of course. Uh, smackdown. It was it's and it's just not the right way to go. And I think even the people who are critical of Islam and critical of Islamic immigration, they even say we recognise that the majority of Muslims are good, law-abiding people. Um, that's the first thing they say. The first thing they say is not um, all Muslims are responsible for, you know, the terror attacks of the Islamic State or throughout Europe or throughout the Western world. Um, and so I think there's a total double standard in the analysis. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think it just should, we should have a bit of an equal uh, consideration of um, both sides and apply standards equally. Oh, yeah, you're 100% right. Um, and it, it, it is the, the same people, the, the, the same people who, can, who, who uh, suggest, well, we shouldn't, you know, use the broad brush. Okay, that's their favourite term. Well, we can't slam all Muslims with a broad brush. A white guy goes into a mosque and kills a whole bunch of people and then all of a sudden all white people have to apologise mm. and have to... Um, and then not only that, the scary thing is, right, and is, is that this attack, and you can already see it, is being used as a means by which people can score political points and grind political axis. This is already happening. So you, you can already see that, well, there's, there's now a push to, for instance, uh, censor p particular viewpoints. Mm -hmm. um, censor particularly, not just like the extreme aspects on the right, but for instance, uh, there's a massive push to say, well, no one from One Nation should be able to get a platform on any major 
television network, for mm. example. Um, and then the, the thing is, it just keeps creeping, creeping, creeping more towards the centre. Um, there is, but in terms of the point about the double standard, of course, it, it's it is very difficult to establish a, a victim uh, oppressor narrative when um, you don't apply the double standard. Because in the situations where the double standard gets crossed, the whole thing fall, collapses in on itself, uh, and this is what you see. Now, of course, um, when you say, "Well, people don't choose to be white," um, and but to a degree. Uh, people can choose to be uh, a Muslim. Uh, that is true. That is true. And I think we should also recognise the fact that there is, of course, there is the theological aspect of Islam, and there is also the political aspect. This is the one that you know, the the law, the Wahhabism, the Wahhabism, and uh, the, the, the yeah, exactly, and kind of um, turning a state into a theocracy, right? And that's the aspect that's scary. No one's saying. Look, there are uh, the, the pure theological, the pure uh, kind of the peaceful aspects of Islam need to be totally uprooted. But we're, we're, we're having a look and we're saying, well, white people need to, all white people need to apologise and come to grips with themselves. Um, it doesn't make sense. It's dumb. It's actually quite dangerous. Um, and it's just, again, this self-flagellation of white people whenever they see like a minority that's been oppressed or in danger. It's like that scene out of the Da Vinci Code where the priest is just whipping himself for the sins, you know. But it's not our sin, it's not the personal, it's not like I was the person responsible, but I'm gonna be the one to apologize. It doesn't make sense, it's not, it, at that point, the logic, it, there's no logical restriction, so it just never ends. We're mm -hmm. just going to continue to apologize for stuff that other white people did. Mm. It's not helpful, it's not productive. Anything to say, Anos? Oh, a couple of good nominations, I think. Um, okay, who do we want? We got Rachel Withers, who wrote the last one. We got Abandoned Ramsey Center. We got Bill Maher and Rachel Maddow. I would say Robert Mueller as well. Um, you would take Rob, Bobby Mueller. Yeah, Bob Mueller. Why? He could have wrapped this up well, well before he he chose to drag this on, and then to dump it at five pm on a Friday is a is a low act. So you get a bad amount of nomination for that. Okay. In my estimation, I reckon. Uh, we nominate um, Bill Maher for his oh, yeah. total intellectual dishonesty, That's his refusal to look at the facts, and his quote, um, I didn't need the Mueller report to know he's a traitor, I have a TV. Well, that's the problem, Bill, is that there's that much damn fake news, yeah. and then that much other people who watch fake news, you think that because they watch the TV with all the fake news on it, they know everything. It's a vicious circle. It's a vicious cycle of... Fake news. Uninformed... Bubbles. They're the bubble people down there in Los Angeles. It's remarkable. I think it's the um, global capital of soy, is what I've heard. I wouldn't be the surprised. Soy. The soy? Okay. Nice work, Bill Maher. Um, well, I think that one's pretty much going to wrap us up, unless I we have any more. Oh, we've we got to do go jump into conclusions. To Alex has got to explain. Conclusion. Okay. Why do girls have no real friends who are girls? Especially best friends. And I want to hear this criteria for what the real friends are. How many of us, in the words of Kanye West? Okay, well, look, this is largely um, observational and anecdotal. Um, but in the world of social sciences, a lot of that is uh, hard evidence. So what I'm going to say is this. From what I have noticed, from the rapid speed from which girls will jump from best friend to best friend, um, to from best friend to not being friends, 
from uh, an extremely lax criteria for best friend. You'll often hear a girl say, oh yeah, she was my best friend in year eight English or something like that. We were so close, right? Uh, and it's now second year at university. Um, and they're all friends, and, but you've never heard of them before in talking to this girl. Um, they've never been in photos, but they are best friends. I'd say when you classify everything as best friends, you don't have best friends, okay? Everything cannot be, you can't have everything and nothing all at once, right? My tendency is to say that's not true. And also, the fact is that when, in many examples from what you see, and this is the kind of, the whipped narrative from a bloke, the reason why a female, in my estimation, will dominate a male's time to the extent where guys become whipped is because the criteria for having a previous best friend was so slim and so uh, non-restrictive non that then it's a very easy transition to, to go to the bloke. That's very, very easy for them. Whereas guys, the perpetual struggle is, can I find time to go see the boys? The girls is, can I make more time to see the guy, right? Because prior, there wasn't, they didn't have actual best friends. That would be my pitch. Well, I was, um out last night talking to the boyfriend of one of my good friends and he goes I just don't know who we like and who we don't like it changes from week to week uh, I thought we hated her now she's back in the good books yeah. um, so I think there is a strong case I think there's um, I'm, I'm sympathetic to Alex's point of view I think the um, just in relation to why some guys get whipped um, and to Andy's mate, who sounds very whipped, that he can't make up who he likes without uh, the permission of his girlfriend. No, um, no, no, no. He was saying that the girl is talking to the boyfriend, and the boyfriend is saying, "Oh, I thought we didn't like that yeah, chick last because, time." I it's mean, the girl who, who keeps chopping and changing. But that's what I'm saying: is that he's saying, "I didn't know who we liked or not," and the we is saying that his girlfriend is deciding who he does and doesn't like. Well, no, no, no. But when he's talking about we, he's talking. He's it's assigning the a wee to her. It's okay. Yeah. Well, whatever the case. Of course, may the be. boyfriend's going to take that side and be yeah. at the side of. His, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Girlfriend. Is he's whipped, right? Yeah. Um. And in a lot of whippage cases, look, you can always stand back and say it's the girlfriend who whipped the bloke, so it's the girl's fault. But really, it's not a helpful conclusion to come to. Um. What you should understand is that if you're a bloke who's whipped, it is because you have failed to set any strong boundaries, uh, and it's your own damn fault. And you should say to the girl, um, look, darling, um, I'd love to go out on a date with you uh, next week, but tonight I'm going to see the boys. Um, good evening. I'll see you later. You can also say to the girl, um, I know you don't like this person, but I have never had a reason to dislike them. Uh, so I'm going to go and have a lovely conversation with them. And if you're not okay with that, then we're going to have a problem. That's what you say to the I girlfriend. Think, I think you're mischaracterising what he actually Well, like, I'm not even saying that in relation to okay. Andy. I'm saying that in terms of okay. the guys who are whipped in general. Yeah, sure. I'm saying it represents... It represents essentially a, a bait. There's a, there's a baitiness associated sure. with not well, being able to set I, I agree, but that doesn't, that doesn't actually disprove my point, though. Well, I'm uh, not saying... I'm not arguing against you. I just said in relation yeah, to this it's one. It's general doing also, yeah. also, I think... That is a, a dangerous way to approach uh, your relationship with your significant other, mostly because I see um, that it's sort of, it's similar to a sporting team. I would say a relationship with uh, with a female in that you're both yeah, so see, this close is your to problem. each other. This is your problem, Andy. 
Is that are, you not, gets, are you not going to let team, me speak? Your are team you not gets blown speak? out by 40 and then you come to us with sports team analogies. Why would I take this relationship advice? Dougal's getting sick. Come on, Anders. I'm um, listening. Where was I was saying, okay, so you're sort of banded together by, it's almost like a common cause and a goal that you two would have to eventually sort of, like if you're in a relationship, you're hoping that eventually you, of course, like you spend the rest of your life with this person is what I'd assume in most cases, right? The goal of a sporting team is to like win, get a championship or whatever. And if I dislike someone on the other team, the rest of the boys on my sporting team are also going to dislike them. That happened a lot throughout the season where I talked a lot of smack to other people and my boys came and we, as a collective group, realised that it was better off to achieve our goal if we all were set on this one thing. So if you are part of this relationship you and you have this goal of like a long-term relationship with your partner, then choosing to like not uh, not trust them in their decisions on people is something that is very dangerous i would say we don't have any that's just ridiculous uh, if you uh, obviously you should trust the decision making of your significant other if they hate someone or dislike someone then you should like it probably but sure you're saying you should trust their decision making at the expense of your own well, I mean, it's mostly in it's mostly in situations in which you the don't. Of it's mostly is. in situations where you don't have a say in it, or you don't see the things that are going on. Like if my if if my uh, girlfriend, if I had one, um, was like uh, exposed to like uh, her friendship group or whatever, and one of them falls out with the group, then I don't know anything about it. The only thing I hear is from that source of my of my girlfriend, I would say, and then her decision making would be what I would make my decision of. Regardless, regardless, if we can just bring it back to the, to the topic, to the conclusion, I think um, it's fairly self-evident that my conclusion holds. Um, I would say that there well, are... I think so, because initially you said girls don't have real friends. Yeah. Then at it's, the end you just said girls don't have best friends. I and think real it, friends is different to best friends. I think they can be extrapolated, but... Um, Andy, thesaurus.com today. What do you mean? Why are you being such a... Dude was um, just mad because he's getting. But I, I would just say, um, guys just make better, must just make better best friends. I think it's. Um, I find it funny the girls who like share things off like Kanye's diary on Facebook about like all their friends being snakes, are usually the ones in themselves that are the snakes. Is a funny. Yeah. You, you know, there's the same that goes around that you are the average of your uh, three or four best friends, right? Um, I think that's fairly true um, but I just think you see the way in which girls can hop from best friend to best friend to best friend to best friend um, guys have pretty much the same best friend for, for life yeah. or best friends but if they have a new best friend he stays a best friend he doesn't fall in fall out yeah I agree like Anecdotally, personally, my best friends have been. I've got, have, had a couple from kindy year one, and then the like one guy who's been a, like a real late addition to the best friend group. The latest is like year eight, and we don't switch up on each other. You know what I'm saying? Okay, good. So I think that stands. Okay, I think it stands. Are you happy for it to stand? Am I? Been on the middle today. How's that fence you're sitting on? I don't mind. Don't mind it, do I? I think um, I think that draws us to a conclusion here. Yeah. 
maybe for the first time ever on time. Do we have any uh, closing remarks? Closing comments, anything to drag it on for a little bit? Um, beta mail to Ealing Police, who on their Instagram posted a photo of one of their officers carrying a bunch of scissors, who said, following anti-knife crime talks at Stockley Academy School today, year seven students helped make their schools a much safer place by handing Safer Schools Officer PC uh, McGigan their dangerous scissors. Excellent day, fantastic result. Hashtag Safer Schools. They had to hand in their scissors to the police because of knife crime in. Well, this is, this is one of the, this is the problem with the UK, right? Is um, when you look at guns, for example. Um, are we really going to go into guns now? When we've just had our first time, we're going to finish up? On I think. I was just going to make a quick point. Okay. Jeez. That what happens is when you ban the guns, even though gun crime goes down, violent crime goes up. So, and this is exactly what, what's happened in, in England. Knife crime has skyrocketed. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'll just say. I think if we're, if we're banning dangerous stationery, um, there's a guy in my class in year two who ate glue. <laughs> I think that we're going to have to take the, take the glue sticks as well. School bags as well, if you fill them up. I mean, with books are pretty uh, lethal. When they explode with chopping milk. Gee whiz, that's a dangerous situation to be in. I mean, you talk about uh, school bags, like you know, the mental health and the mental safety when, if your bag gets nuggeted on a busy day. What's nuggeted? You never had your bag nuggeted. <laughs> what are you, what are you, what's nuggeting? Nuggets when you turn the bag, <laughs> you take all the books out, turn the bag inside out, and then you zip it up the other way, reverse it. Uh, so it's just the inside of the bag. Thing that and then, you know, you can do it up with like a cable tie or something like that. You can mix it, it's fun. The thing we do with school bags, we used to just flip them over people's heads. Especially, <laughs> like, like, you have them on, you flip them over. I, just... <laughs> I had a school, I fell over once. I had a school, coming out of chapel, I had a school bag that was so heavy. And for whatever reason, I think someone just, I think it might have been an email or someone just like pushed me off to the side a little bit. And I just had all my books in there. Like, I just got to school and all my, and it was just so, I just tipped over. Mm, yeah, in, um, I think it was, I was in your... So you're going to track the tipping? <laughs> <laughs> I was in year seven or eight, just walking, walking down to PE, and one of my buddies, like, pushed me a little bit forward with my school bag and then ripped it back as hard as he could. And that whiplash was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. And I do that big long neck of Andos. It's just whipping it back. Big long neck. It's got a few personal experiences regarding whiplash. Tipping <laughs> being on the other end. There was uh, a time at our farm... <laughs> Um, when we had a really close family friend uh, who just bought a brand new spanking uh, new this is ob- it's buggy, exaggerated. buggy, uh, brand new buggy would have cost I reckon probably ten grand at least. Oh, and the rest, mate. and, and, the and rest. a brand new buggy. I was just driving one of the old, um, driving like a gay tour, like a little four wheeler type of scenario. And um, anyway, mum and uh, our family friend and a few of the other kids are uh, hanging out on the. Uh, in just a having paddock. a picnic in a paddock in a paddock on the lake so you know what a paddock is there's like hundreds and hundreds of meters of room and the whole thing's a parking lot right you can park anywhere you can drive anywhere there's essentially uh no rules except don't don't hit the other people in the paddock right so we were coming in from driving around like having a good time driving around the farm um i pull up next to mum uh, who's just having a lovely picnic. I think she just came back from a hip replacement. Came as back well. from a hip replacement, probably. I was um, parked in the car. Um, I reckon I was parked there for about five minutes. 
and it gets Andy. it gets changed, and <laughs> all the aspects of the story which are incriminating on me just get out of proportion. I reckon I was parked there for at least five minutes. Why would you still be in the gate up? Because I was just having after. a nice chat with Mum. It's nice to sit there. It's nice yeah. to sit there in the sun on the gate. Sometimes you get the flies. Um, and Andy coming about 100 miles an hour in our family friend's brand spanking new buggy comes up and rams me perfectly in the behind of the gator and I had I almost broke my neck I whipped it back almost knocked okay. knocked my head open like on the me, back on the back do of you want the me to just provide on the back of the thing and, provide the one and point. Andy totaled this our friend's buggy okay. written off it was written a write off let me provide you the one Rams point back you. the one point right in front of him which showcases the whole like your whole story is completely exaggerated by the one point that you've got the vehicles mixed up <laughs> You were in the brand... It wasn't even brand spanking new. It was just their bloody buggy that you were sitting in. I was about, I'd say, a second and a half behind you as we were tearing through and you smacked the brakes. The Gators brakes are notoriously, notoriously whack. Smacked the brakes, but it wouldn't stop. I tried to swerve up, but gotcha. Swerved right into me. No. Um, regardless, regardless. Look, not everything's about you, Dougal. This is tangential, this is why we go over. Yeah, you're getting up me for a quick spiel. And well, I thought if we were all decided to go over, then might as well contribute. In for a penny, in for a pound. This might, this might have to just be like an extras bit that we release separate to the actual thing. Because this is We welcome you to some bonus material. <laughs> a few minutes extra. From the director's cut. Andy and his guests. And his what? Guests. I think I think we're done here. I think we're done. We're done. Great cool. job, team. Cool, Thanks for being with us, by the way. Um, See you next week. Don't next forget to like and subscribe. Next week I'll be here with a shaved head. So little skinhead. Little skinhead looking like the white. Also next week um, we should give a shout out to Charlie Joyner who's fighting next week down in Chookley. So if you want to join, we're going to be there. Um, me and Dougie's going to be on the beers. Andy's driving us up. It's going to be great. I might have to take two cars for that actually, but we'll, we'll figure something out. I doubt it. I doubt um, it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. See you later. See you later. Peace and love.